Hello everyone and welcome to episode three of Australian Grape and Wine Studio Canberra podcast series. I'm Lee McLean, the General Manager for Government Relations and External Affairs and with me as usual is Tony Butterlane, uh, our Chief Executive. Um, Tony, the first thing I wanted to talk about today is the Australian Women in Wine Awards, which were held on Tuesday night. Um, this is an event, I really love it. Um, I want to congratulate all the very worthy and inspiring women who were recognised with awards this year, um, particularly one of our board members, Helen Strawn, uh, who won the Champion of Diversity and Equality Award for the work she does in her company, Perna Ricard Winemakers, but, but also the work that she does right across the grape and wine industry as, as a leader, uh, including in relation to her uh, role in helping drive Australian grape and wines, diversity and equality in wine charter. Um, our team in Adelaide, another person I just wanted to recognise amongst the many worthy winners uh, was Jill Gordon-Smith um, from TAFE SA. Our team in Adelaide has been working really closely with Jill over the last little while on labour issues. And, and um, she has been a, a terrific uh, colleague uh, that we've been working with for some time. And we were really thrilled to see her recognised with the Woman of Inspiration Award. So well done and congratulations to all the winners. Um, Tony, I think the work that Australian Grape and Wine has been doing to promote equality and diversity in our sector is some of the most important work that we do. It's, it's really good work. Um, and I hope it can lead to some really positive changes in the sector over many years to come. Um, we have a, a diversity and equality charter, as I mentioned, and essentially it strikes me as being essentially about promoting a safe and fair workplace for everyone without discrimination, which is obviously a very good a good thing to be working on. Um, clearly, it's it's not only the right thing to do, though. It's it's quite frankly the smart thing for businesses to do as well. Um, Tony, I know you've been a really strong supporter of this work over over a long time now, um, particularly in your time as chief executive. Have, have you got anything to add on either of the awards or the charter and where things are heading? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And I guess I've always found it a bit uncomfortable for one middle-aged white bloke and one younger white bloke with a beard talking about diversity. Um, I, you know, I just think that we, you know, we do our best to demonstrate it in the workplace, but uh, it's hard for us to just talk about it and look sincere. But I am. I have been genuinely committed to this project, and we started this a few years ago. It's been, uh, it's, it's, and what I was most pleased about is our board has got right on board with this. Uh -huh. and so they really want to see us make a difference, and they really look into the future so that we can get. Uh, greater equality, greater diversity within the industry. Uh, so deeply passionate about that. Uh, the award event, I'm so pleased that Helen Strawn has got an award. Helen is one of the great achievers of the industry. She's not just a champion for women. She is also a champion for doing things the right way. Uh, and she's a real pleasure to have her on the board. So I'm incredibly honoured that we she was given this award. Um, we've sponsored the Champion for Change Award. So just for all our listeners, there is nothing untoward about this, that a board member has won the award we've sponsored. We have nothing to do with the uh, judging of it at all. But I, I'm deeply honoured that we originally, I think it was about four years ago, it was called the Champion of Diversity and Equality Award, I think that's called now, it used to be the Champion of Change. Uh, we will continue that sponsorship. It is something that's so worthwhile. Uh, we're also now really trying to do more in the whole charter. So we're really trying to get some actions to do what we have tried to do. And it, it, it's really tricky to make change like this. Cultural change is really hard, but I think we're getting there. And so look, watch this space. 
next uh, six months, 12 months, I think you'll see some big changes. So yeah, I'm deeply passionate about Lee, really pleased and really honoured and grateful that so many worthwhile people were recipients of the awards. Here, here, and, and look, these sorts of changes, these cultural changes do take time. There's no doubt about that. But one of the one of the best things that people can do right now is to sign up to the charter if you haven't done it already. So if that's something you're interested in, in looking into further, I'd encourage you to go to, to agw.org.au or get in touch with us for more information. Um, I've got no doubt that it's absolutely worthwhile doing the right thing to do. Um, so moving on to another topic now, a very different topic. Um, one thing that we've been working on amongst many this week is uh, a submission to the Victorian government's container deposit scheme consultation process. Now, these, these schemes, these CDS schemes, as we call them, exist in a number of other states and territories. And by 2022, I think they'll exist in all states and territories in Australia. Um, in the existing schemes, wine bottles and spirits bottles aren't included. Uh, they're not captured by these schemes. And there's there's good reasons for that. Tony, did you want to sort of elaborate on, on why those why those exemptions exist? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And and I guess it's very clear that we are seeing to get regulatory creep all the time and we're getting more and more regulation on what I see as a very good industry that needs less regulation. Um, the thing about container deposit schemes, they the original container deposit scheme, of course, was in South Australia and it was designed to reduce litter. So basically the stuff you throw out of windows, the stuff that... Uh, people, you know, get out of the car door or put down beside the car when they've stopped somewhere. Um, wine bottles are consumed either at home or in restaurants, and almost all the empty bottles end up in the recycling curbside bins. So councils run those schemes they're throughout Australia. So the rationale for CDS has always been to reduce the, the litter stream. Um, in fact, if you look at statistics, it's really compelling. In South Australia, wine and spirits bottles made up less than 1% of the litter stream in recent years. So it's not a problem with recycling. We've got plenty of recycling. But we're in, in a situation is where the narrative is changing and it's talking more about waste and less about litter stream. Uh, and unfortunately, it's used as an easy option for governments to show that they're ticking that box about being environmentally friendly. That's, that's right. And one of the things in the Victorian scheme that I find... Um, really interesting and, and is different from other schemes around the country is that they're proposing a fourth household bin, a bin specifically for glass recycling. And that's a really good thing um, from our perspective uh, for ensuring that, that the glass that is being recycled or captured for recycling is free of other contaminants like plastics and paper. So it's more easily recyclable, which is a good thing. Um, now, in South Australia, Tony's mentioned that the long history that South Australia's had with CDS arrangements. Um, currently, they're, they're actively considering whether a CDS scheme should be expanded to include wine bottles, which is really concerning for us. Um, we, along with our colleagues at the South Australian Wine Industry Association, have been arguing, arguing strongly against this expansion, uh, basically on the grounds of the enormous costs that it would impose on wine businesses in South Australia and indeed across the rest of Australia as well. And the, the thing that really hits home to me is that there seems to be such limited environmental benefit and so, such limited benefit in terms of recycling rates because you've already illustrated how how wine bottles are are recycled at such high rates anyway. Um, but the question that, that 
a lot of people ask is, so why is it actually so costly? Is it, it's only 10 cents a bottle, isn't it? Tony, did you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, and it, and it is a question. And the other thing is about recycling schemes, that they seem so sensible. We all want to make the world a better place. We all want to look after the environment. So why shouldn't we recycle? That's the question we get. And the point is that we already are, and the existing schemes are working. Um, the big thing is that with a CDS, a container deposit scheme, the cost of the rebate is paid by the winemaker. Um, you get a monthly bill in which you've got to then give money on what you've sold. So you've got administrative costs of working out what you've done. You've got to pay in advance. You've got to spend, give all this money to the government. You've got to register. That costs even more money. And, you, and these record-keeping requirements, they're quite onerous, particularly, well, not particularly for a small business because big business have an even bigger problem because they've got to do across state borders. And the one thing we know is that we've seen really clearly in the last uh, few months is state borders are a difficult thing to cross at the best of times. So one of the great flaws in the assumptions that are put forward by the people proposing the schemes is that winemakers can pass on the cost of this scheme to consumers. So at 10 to 15 cents, um, unfortunately, we just don't have that market power. We've got a concentration of market power in Australia where the big retailers, the big two retail chains, they have over 70% of the market. It means you cannot pass on costs. And it's not just if you sell through those retailers, it's because they control so much of the market that it's very competitive out there. No one can pass on costs and there's no wine business making a lot of money at the moment. So we see that if you put this scheme into include wine bottles, it places further costs in the wine businesses but there won't be any environmental benefits. You won't improve recycling and it won't get better environmental outcomes. And that's a real concern for us is don't put policy on that is expensive, costs money, administrative costs, red tape, if you don't get a better outcome. So we will continue to try and work with governments and this is a state government issue, but also the federal government to make sure that we can come up with the solution that works for the industry, but also we are deeply passionate about the environment. So whatever we do, we must work for the environment as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and I mean, to me, CDS arrangements sometimes seem like the the easy way out um, for a government to be seen to be doing something when there may well be other options out there to, to achieve um, even better results at much lower cost for industry, which I think is, is in all of our interests. So, there's a couple of key issues that we've talked about this week. Um, one thing that we talked about last week, of course, is what's in our glass this weekend, Tony. And I want to make this a regular, a regular segment for us. Um, I'm very lucky to have my parents coming down from uh, from Queensland this weekend to see to see the family. Um, so I think that probably calls for something a little bit special. The weather's going to be warm. It's going to be going to be pretty nice outside. So I've got myself a bottle of Voyager Estate Chardonnay from. Margaret River, which I'm very much looking forward to. What about you, Tony? Yeah, well, I've gone the other direction. So your parents might be coming down for Queensland. I'm, I'm going to Queensland to live vicariously through a bottle of Saparavi from <laughs> Ballandina State. So a, a good Georgian grape variety. They started making wine 7,000 years ago. So you reckon they would have got it right by now? Well, certainly if they haven't got it right by now, at least the grape variety is a cracker. So yeah, try it. I recommend it. People will tend to say, you know, Queensland, question it. Uh, I can guarantee this is a goodie. It is a it is a very, very nice wine indeed from Ballantine. So look, whatever you choose to drink this weekend, make sure you you, you do it responsibly with food and with family, with your friends. Uh, and we will be back to talk more about what's happening in Canberra next week.
Thanks, Tony. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Always good to talk everyone out there. Take care.